You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In the past, I have been known to devalue centers. I've often talked about how they can be overvalued and overdrafted, but is it possible that this year, specific to this draft, that there are a bunch of centers that are actually undervalued? I will make that case, and I will specifically talk about two of my favorite center prospects in this draft class coming up next. You are locked on the NBA Draft. It is a Wednesday morning, and it is me, your host today, Sam Ferris. You can follow me on Twitter at DraftDummies. I'm sure you know it by now, but I am there constantly posting my thoughts, a bunch of clips, a bunch of stats, both on the rookies as well as on this next crop of guys, this next draft class. I love to do it all. I love to talk basketball. That's why I do the podcast. Love to talk with anybody who reaches out on Twitter. And I am excited for the topic we've got today. I'm going to talk about my personal favorite prospect in this class, but just two of my favorite center prospects in general in this class. Like I hinted at in the open, I have talked about in the past, I've been known to talk about the fact that I, I've thought that centers can be overvalued, that they're just easy to find. They're kind of like the running back, right, of the NFL. Well, I do think there's a case to be made that in this class, there are some centers that are undervalued, especially with the way that the NBA is moving. Uh, but first, before I get into that, we do have a title sponsor today, and it is Prize Picks. Don't hesitate to check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So the way that I want to start this episode is I looked at Sam Vecini's latest big board today, and he only has three centers in the top 30, those being Chet Holmgren, who you can kind of really debate whether or not he's even a center, certainly not a traditional center, and then Jalen Duren, and then Mark Williams is the third, but he's only got three centers in his top 30, so the question I am posing is, are there some centers that are undervalued? Is that really a an accurate or the best description or depiction of the situation that really there should only be 30, three centers in the top 30? And Sam Vecini does a great job. I'm kind of playing the devil's advocate here. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm going to make the case for two specific prospects in this class, but I think it's kind of worthwhile to hit on the topic of you know what is the value of a big board and what do you actually use it for because as i was thinking in preparation for this episode you know you think about how you want to put together a big board there's different ways people do it you know one way you can do it is just basically a prediction of what a redraft will look like five six seven years from now but the way that I do it is basically just the way that if I were in charge of a team, it is the order essentially in tiers that I would draft players on draft night. 
And, you know, you might say, what's the difference between those two things? The difference is the way that I do it, and I think most people do it this way, is more of an expected value or like a weighted average of outcomes instead of just a prediction of, you know, this is the outcome of how this prospect's career is going to turn out. So to give an example, one that I think of from like two years ago, and there's certainly examples in every draft class is like Xavier Tillman, who he ended up what going in like the late 20s, I think I had him like in the 20s as a prospect, a lot of people had him higher. But the example here is like, yes, the likelihood that he ends up going higher than that in a redraft is high. Um, But I just don't think his upside or his high end outcomes are value enough or valuable enough to draft him like in the top 20. So in other words, another way to say that is yes, like the chances that he will be better than the 25th or 30th best prospect in that class were high, but there are other guys that I'd rather gamble on. And so whether it's a guy like Poku, a guy like Jaden McDaniels, like, yes, for example, it looks like Poku might be out of the league in a year or two. I certainly hope not. But, you know, there's so many, uh, so many gambles, so many rules of the dice. And in the end, like in the draft, it depends on kind of what your risk appetite is, what you're looking for. But a lot of people would prefer to make that, to take that risk, to take that gamble and gamble on the upside. So while Xavier Tillman is a safer pick and the chances are that he will be better than the 20th pick in the draft because a lot of the dice rolls or the gambles are not going to pay off. And those guys will end up much lower in terms of their actual outcome. But I value kind of the expected outcome, the weighted average as a way of looking at it, of all the outcomes that a player might potentially have. And I just do value the higher end outcomes. And that is a long way of saying the reason why I have kind of devalued centers in the past is because just their high end outcomes don't tend to be as valuable. A lot of them aren't super playable in high leverage moments to close games or play in the playoffs. But I have, you know, like all of us, we change our theory, our outlook, our beliefs on the draft. And the game of basketball in the NBA is changing constantly as well, and you have to change with it. And I think the reason that centers were often played off the floor is because there were great teams like the Warriors that were so unique. And there just aren't really teams like that to that extent anymore. And so I think centers are becoming more valuable, both just the average center, but also look at the top of the league, guys like Jokic and Bede, you could certainly argue might be the two best players in the NBA this season. And a guy like Rudy Gobert is underrated to me, one of the 10 to 15 best and certainly most impactful players in the NBA. And so I think there's just a lot of different reasons why maybe it is time to value centers a little bit more. And that's why I thought it was interesting because I think there are a lot of fun center prospects in this class. And I just looked at Sam Vecini's as one example. He only had those three centers in his top 30. So I do have Chet Holmgren and Jalen Duren as my top two centers in this class. I do not have Mark Williams as my third ranked center in this class. 
And so in this episode, I want to talk about the next two guys in terms of just college basketball prospects, putting aside, excluding the international guys from now, the next two centers that I have on my board, again, from college basketball prospects are actually two sophomores that are very different players, but have a lot of similarities in terms of their background and statistical profiles. And those guys are Jalen Williams out of Arkansas and Walker Kessler out of Auburn. And so I'm going to break those two guys down. I'm going to start with Walker Kessler and then I'll do Jalen Williams last. Again, I talked about at the top. One of these guys is my favorite prospect in this class. That is Jalen Williams. So hopefully you'll stick around to hear some of my discussion on him coming up. But first, Walker Kessler. I'll start with just the statistical profile on him before we get to our first break here in a couple minutes. He has easily the highest block rate ever in college basketball, ever recorded in the Bart Torvik database. You often hear me reference that goes back, I think, to 2006. So I talked about this on Twitter yesterday, but it's just not even hyperbole at this point to talk about Walker Kessler as one of the best rim protecting college basketball players ever. Last I checked, a 19.7% block rate. That is ridiculous. He had six blocks and four steals to, or yesterday, I'm recording Tuesday night, but in today's game against. Alabama, a rivalry game, another dominant defensive performance with six blocks, four steals. Um, Coming up after this break, I'll get more into his statistical profile that is fascinating and amazing at the same time, as well as just his fit and kind of where I have him ranked on my board. So all of that coming up next. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. It is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we know that you will too. It's easy to use. You can pick between two to five players and an over-under on their predictions, projections, excuse me, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. So for a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-brainer offer for all of our users. The users can get $50 for free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right, this is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA fifty dollars for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores yes, just a single point. Next up is TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives. Whether you have invested in crypto for the first time this year, own an up and coming small business, or Maybe you're raising a rambunctious group of kids. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to a live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you however you need. And if you need an extra hand, 
hand your taxes off to them and they'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live Experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Again, that is Intuit TurboTax Live. All right, so let's get back to Walker Kessler. I, I might have um, buried the lead on this, but he is a center for Auburn. So starting out high level, he you could argue he is the best or most impactful player for the number one team in the country this year. Walker Kessler, center again for Auburn. In today's game against Alabama, I think I mentioned it before the break, but a big six blocks and four steals. And that is basically the sales pitch with him is the defense. Again, 19.7 block rate is the highest ever recorded. He is one of the best rim protectors in college basketball, at least in modern vintage. But what what's also interesting is, you know, when you see these great shot blockers in college putting up those gaudy block numbers, usually they don't have good steal percentages either, right? Usually it's more so one or the other. If you find a good wing, sometimes they can do a little of both. But for Walker Kessler to also have a 2.5% steal rate is really interesting and really intriguing to me. That is very good for a guy that has that is that level of a rim protector. Shows he has good hands. He plays some passing lanes. It's just a good indicator that he kind of meets these athletic thresholds we look for. And that's without even mentioning that he had four steals today. So that number will be going up even more. One more thing just on the statistical profile with him. I want to say, so he has a 14 box plus minus this year. And against top 100 competition, that goes up to 14.7, which is, again, easily the highest in the country this year. So to rephrase that, if you talk about just against, you know, solid competition, we're talking about the top 100 teams in college basketball, he has been by box plus minus he has been the best player in college basketball and i know i reference box plus minus a lot but i do a lot of study i look back at a lot of you know just historical comparisons and looking back at how players have turned out and frankly box plus minus just that that one catch-all metric that kind of grades a player look it's not perfect but it it is a very good indicator of it's one of the best indicators there is of how good a player is going to turn out especially if they post a good box plus minus as a young freshman or sophomore so you can make the argument top five player in college basketball on the best team in college basketball in terms of his fit in the nba we're talking about a potential drop defender who's going to be mostly hanging around the paint using that length i want to say a seven foot six wingspan just a mammoth of a guy but also on the offensive end, he's going to be more of a rim runner with 51 dunks this season, which is third in the country. So the dude is a real lob threat. He's like, you know, like we talked about, the steal and block rates are kind of used by me as proxies to measure athleticism. And he hits those really well, plus the dunks. He's a pretty good athlete, pretty functional for a guy his size. Um, so the defense is the calling card, the rim running offensively, 
he is mostly going to be just a drop defender, like I mentioned. There have been instances, I posted one on Twitter, where against Alabama, he got switched out to Keon Ellis, kind of filtered him into the middle, and then blocked his shot. He'll do that. I don't expect him to be like a switch defender in the NBA, though, again, more just of a drop guy in the mold of like a Brooke Lopez type. Just a huge dude. He can hang out in the middle and affect shots. And the drop defense is what a lot of defenses in the NBA use now. Look, like even if he's more of just like an Indians eater where he doesn't close games and isn't super valuable later into the playoffs, if you're getting this guy late first, early second, I really think he can return better value than that. But the one other aspect of his game that's starting to get a little intriguing is the shooting or the skill level offensively. So yes, he he has not made many threes in his career. He's seven for 36 in two seasons. But, you know, we've seen this before. Again, back to the Brooke Lopez comparison. There's been plenty of guys like that that just don't really shoot that much and develop it later on. But we've seen that skill level from Walker Kessler. I believe he has it in his last game before the Alabama game. He made two threes. And so I think that is a part of his game that is probably honestly likely to develop at some point. And if it does, then you're just adding more on to just a valuable skill set in a modern center that can protect the paint, play drop coverage really well, be a rim runner. Like there's no reason why he can't be a top 20 center in the NBA, in my opinion. And you can debate the value of that, but if you're getting a top 20 center in the NBA at the end of the first or early second round, then I think there's certainly value on that. Again, getting back to the start of our conversation, is he the highest ceiling prospect in this class? No, I I don't think so. If I were to gamble on ceiling, I'd probably try to find a wing or a guy with a little bit more creation upside or shooting even. Um, But I, I really like what he provides. I like that he can be kind of an innings eater and you know, I, I'm a Warriors fan. Watching Kevon Looney play every day, he's super effective, but it just gets me thinking. There's just a lot of teams like that that can use an effective center that can play 18 minutes a night and do that job, and I think Kessler can do it. Um, one other thing that I will use as a transition now to talk about Jalen Williams next is both these guys are sophomores, Walker Kessler started his career at North Carolina. He was a very highly talked about recruit coming in, like a top 20 guy. And he didn't have a highly regarded freshman season, and that's why he transferred to Auburn. Wasn't really considered an NBA prospect after his first season. But again, getting back to the box plus minus, posted a box plus minus of 10 as a freshman, which is outstanding. Now, I will add the caveat that box plus minus, if it has kind of one flaw, it can tend to overvalue bigs, especially shop blockers. And so, yes, that that box plus minus of 10 might be slightly inflated, but still, that that's a really, really good number and a good indicator that, you know, he, he was providing value and that there is something there. And... That is also the case with the guy that we're going to transition to talk about next, which is Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. He, too, is a sophomore. 
he also had kind of an under-the-radar solid freshman season, but wasn't the level of a recruit Walker Kessler was and also did not transfer. He stayed at Arkansas. He's now a sophomore there. He is also a center and is six foot ten. Very different type of player, but I think Arkansas is a team to watch down the stretch. I think they could be, you know, an a dark horse elite eight contender in the tournament come March. And I do believe Jalen Williams is their best player on that team. And he is my favorite prospect, both just to watch, and I just love this archetype, this type of player. So I'll talk about what that type of player is coming up after this break. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I say it every week if you listen to my show. It's just hard to find a protein bar that both tastes good and is healthy for you. So, you know, we're in January. Well, we're actually into February now. If you're still making New Year's resolutions, you're if you're a bit behind and you want to make one that is focused on being healthy, I would strongly suggest that including Bilt Bars in that plan is a great idea. Again, I love the taste, 100% covered in real chocolate, but just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar and net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go ahead and compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So... Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you eat a, and when you eat a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. So many flavors to choose from. They taste so good and they're healthy for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code, lock, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, now it is time to discuss probably, if I had to pick right now, my favorite prospect in this draft cycle. I hope he enters the draft after this year, which is his sophomore season. He is currently posting a box plus minus of 7.5. I talked about before the break, similar to Kessler, He was a 3.6 box plus minus guy as a freshman, which is a good number, not the level of Kessler. But to me, I like his fit in the modern NBA even more. And this this type of player is a guy that I just love to watch and would love to have on a team that, you know, I was building in the modern NBA. You've heard me talk about a lot over the last few weeks how having a four or five in the NBA who can dribble and make decisions is one of the more undervalued players or player type archetype, whatever you want to call it. That type of player is undervalued and frankly is just very hard to find. And those were, you know, you can find those guys that have a little bit of skill offensively that can dribble and pass. They often are not very good defensive players or their liabilities there. And something that I do believe is that the center is the centerpiece to the defense. If they're a weak link, it's just going to be really hard to find them consistent playing time in the NBA. They're kind of that last line that the guy organizing the defense. So even if they do bring some of that offensive to the upside, they can dribble like I'm talking about, make plays for others. It oftentimes is kind of wasted on guys that just 
don't meet that threshold defensively to stay on the floor as a center in the modern NBA. But for him, I think for Jalen Williams, the center out of Arkansas, 6'10 guy and a solid athlete, but I think he does meet both those thresholds of being good enough defensively, where I think he's solid. He talking about blocks and steals, 5.2% block rate, 2.8 steal rate. That steal number is really good. He has active hands. He uses his length solidly. He's not going to be like an elite rim protector in the NBA, but a good positional defender, defends post-ups well, is a smart team defender. Of course, if you're smart on one end, that often travels to the other end. That kind of permeates your whole game, and I think that's the case with Jalen Williams. Look, he's just like a solid, good defender, and I love what he brings offensively in terms of his fit as a guy that can dribble, pass, and just make an offense flow. The reason why I believe that that fives that can ball that can handle the ball and pass are undervalued is because if there is one guy on the floor offensively who can't do those things, it can tend to clog the offense. But most teams deal with that. Most teams have four guys space the floor. The center is more of a rim runner, can't really dribble, handle the ball, pass or shoot and certainly can't do all those things and that's fine teams can have great offense without that but oftentimes when you find the elite offenses what you'll find is centers that can dribble and they can keep the advantage alive and they can make plays for others it just means that all five guys are working the gears are all turning and that offense is working at a high clip and like Jalen Williams can be that guy. Um, I was watching the game. They played against West Virginia. It was kind of funny. But um, the broadcast guys, the play-by-play guy asked the color guy because he was having a really good game. They were talking about his comparison potentially, again, at the NBA level. And he asked the color guy, he said, in terms of an NBA comparison, who do you like for Jalen Williams? And the color guy said, well, just as a caveat, I don't like to do comparisons. It's hard to compare. I don't want to compare him to to anyone that he's not going to live up to. And then he turned around and said, the best comparison is Nikola Jokic. (laughs) And so that I kind of laughed at. That is a hilariously dumb comparison because nobody should be compared to Nikola Jokic, one of the more unique players ever. But at the same time, that's like kind of the intrigue with Jalen Williams, where he plays almost like a Sabonis or a Jokic, where you'll see a lot of the dribble handoff stuff stuff up top with him. He's good at just those quick, smart, simple decisions to find shooters. He's good at like a fake DHO, getting into the lane, making a good pass from there. Just a lot of stuff you see from modern centers in the NBA, again, like a Jokic or a Sabonis. Now, he doesn't make those high-end flash elite passes like a Jokic, and I'm certainly not, again, comparing him to Jokic, but that was just kind of the point is that is kind of his play style, and it's, to me, aesthetically pleasing to watch, but again, it helps that offense run on, on all cylinders when every guy on the floor can dribble past and make decisions just allows there to be no weak links there offensively and everyone can keep an advantage alive and keep the offense humming. So I think he can do that. 
And what's kind of interesting to me is a lot of people do view Travion Williams as kind of that playmaking five in the NBA, but I like Jalen Williams' game more because I think he can handle the ball a little bit better. I think he's a little bit tougher and he moves a little bit better. And then I just like his defense better too. So I just kind of like all the ancillary aspects of Jalen Williams' game a little bit more. And he's just a lot younger too. He's just a sophomore. And it's interesting to me because there are check marks that prospects do have to hit for me to be comfortable and confident in them. I talked about the block and steal rates. That's like the easiest way to vet prospects. He meets those. I think he's an NBA level athlete. And also just you have to at least show to a certain extent as a freshman that you're an NBA prospect. And if not then, then certainly by your second year, you have to prove it. After that, it just becomes a real uphill battle. And I think he was under the radar, a really good player as a freshman. And now he's getting the chance to show that he is the best player for a legitimately good Arkansas team. So I don't know. Am I being blinded a little bit by the fact that his game is just really aesthetically pleasing for me, that I like to watch those bigs that can pass, that have skill while also being good defensively? You know, maybe that's the case, but I like to think that he's aesthetically pleasing and I appreciate him because he's a valuable player. And so I actually do have him as the third best center in this draft class after, you know, depending who you classify as a center, to me, it's Chet, Duran, and then I have Jalen Williams third. I think that is a bit of a hot take. I don't know anyone else that has him quite that high. I certainly would take him in the first round because of all the things I talked about. Again, you can find guys with that skill level offensively, but they usually take too much off the floor defensively. Plus, he meets the statistical thresholds and checkpoints that I look for. So that's why, to me, Jalen Williams is actually the third-ranked center on my board. And then Walker Kessler, I'd probably have ranked fourth. I'd also have him as a borderline first-round guy, but Jalen Williams for sure would be a first-round pick. That's all we have time for today. I hope you enjoyed the discussion on two interesting center prospects. Again, you can follow me on Twitter. And I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for making this show, the Locked On NBA Draft, your first listen today. And hopefully that's the case every day. Because you enjoyed our show, maybe you could make the Locked On Bets another listen for you today. It is your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Again, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.